Ultimately, most MMA fighters are trying to get to the UFC. It's the biggest promotion, you get paid the most, well, I mean most of the time, but it's literally the pinnacle of the sport. Some people have actually made their pro debuts in the UFC, but for most people, it's the last stop on a journey of fight experience, and sometimes it takes years. So here's a fun idea today. Who had the longest career before they actually got to the UFC? Some of these numbers are pretty crazy, but let's get into it. I'm Bailey in from MMA On Point. Thank you to all our Channel Hall of Famers out there for your support, and these are the 10 longest roads to the octagon. Number 10, Michael Chandler. All right, starting off with someone you'll all know right here. Old Iron Mike has been around the MMA scene for quite a while, but he's been training pretty much his whole life. He was voted the most valuable wrestler on his team at high school, then went on to be a four-time Division I competitor at college, where after graduating, he pretty much went right into MMA. His first pro fight was in August 2009 at Welterweight, and he was immediately picked up by Strike Force, making his debut on a card headlined by Tyron Woodley, a friend he'd made during his wrestling days at college. After that, he debuted in Bellator just one year into his pro MMA career and after two wins in 2010 he was invited to join the new lightweight tournament season and he only bloody won the whole thing. Iron Mike then spent the next 10 years as a poster boy for Bellator where he won the lightweight title three times and had a total of 23 fights. After losing his title for the final time though against Patricio Pitbull Chandler knocked out Sydney Outlaw and then Benson Henderson both in the first round and now was finally the time to sign for the UFC. I think there hasn't really been a day that has gone by over the last 11 years since I got into this sport that I haven't somewhat thought about or been intrigued by the opportunity to go to the UFC and I think this is the perfect time uh, for me to go. He finally strapped on the UFC gloves in January 2021 and knocked out Dan Hooker in the first round in one of the greatest debuts in UFC history. And it took Iron Mike 11 years, 5 months and 26 fights to get there. Number 9, Michael Venom Page. The UFC's latest big signing MVP has caused quite a stir in the hardcore community, probably because he's been able to produce some of the most viral knockouts on the internet in the last 10 years. People have long been asking the question, when will we see MVP in the UFC? And now that question's been answered. He's booked to fight Kevin Holland at UFC 299 in March. Born in London, MVP started his martial arts journey as a kickboxer. He won 10 world championships in total, his first in 1998 at just 12 years old. He also won the British title over 25 times, but who's counting that, right? He wouldn't actually start MMA until 2012, and he won his first three fights by finish in the first round, and then just a year in, Bellator picked him up. For the next 10 years, Venom stacked up 17 wins with just two losses. Now, admittedly, some of those guys weren't top competition and he didn't win the title, but MVP was absolutely fantastic to watch and he KO'd so many people. After losing a controversially close split decision to Logan Storley when he finally challenged for the welterweight title, MVP dipped to BKFC to fight Mike Perry, then returned in March to leg kick TKO someone in 30 seconds, and he was a free agent. And guess who picked up the phone? MVP is now scheduled to make his UFC debut 12 years, one month, and 23 fights into his career. Number 8, Chris Curtis. The real-life action man Chris Curtis has become a sneaky fan favorite in recent years. He's best mates with Sean Strickland, and together I'm pretty sure they've sparred half the entire UFC roster. Chris hasn't had an easy road to the UFC, though. He got started back in 2009, and he spent the entire first 10 years of his career fighting on the US regional scene. He fought on a bunch of different promotions, all with names that were pretty terrible, including a matchup with Bilal Mohammed at the Hoosier Fight Club back in 2014. Between 2015 and 2018, Chris won nine fights and lost just once. He also won like four different regional titles in that time. Not kidding, like one fight after the next, he was collecting straps like bloody Thanos. All of that got him an invite to the Contender Series where he TKO'd Sean Lally in the third round, but he wasn't given a contract. Those went to Greg Hardy and Alonzo Menafield. Kevin Holland was also on the episode and didn't get one either. A silver lining was that Chris got picked up by the PFL. Oh, oh nice combination there. Can't 
He actually went one and three, and at this point, he even took off his gloves and announced his retirement. But he didn't quit. He went back to the regionals, KO'd a few more guys without wiki pages, and he got booked against Austin Vanderford to fight in Bellator, but got COVID. It honestly seemed like Chris couldn't catch a break. But Dana must have kept his number after the contender series because at UFC 268, Phil Hawes' opponent had pulled out, and they called the action man. In November 2021, Curtis KO'd him in the first round, and his UFC career had finally begun. And it took him 12 years, four months, and 32 fights to finally get to the big show. Number seven, Alistair Overeem. I think some of you probably predicted that the big Dutch man would be on this list. I mean, he made a name for himself in combat sports outside of the UFC, not just in MMA, but also in K1 as well. Born in England, moving to Holland at just six, where he was relentlessly bullied, and his big bro, Valentin, got him into martial arts at just 15. By the time he was 19, he had his first MMA fight in 1999. Somehow, with just one win on his record, he was invited to Japan into the Rings King of Kings tournament, where he was taken out in the first round, but stayed in rings in Japan. Three years and 12 fights after that, he signed up with Pride. By 2007, Alistair had had an up-and-down career that consisted of 24 wins and 10 losses. But it wasn't long after this, we'd see a complete change. He went to Strike Force, not the UFC, and emerged against Paul Buenatello as Uberim. He won the heavyweight championship and then won another 10 fights in a row. By then, it was December 2011, and he fell out of the Strike Force heavyweight tournament to make his UFC debut against Brock Lesnar in a massive, massive fight. After already fighting some of the best to ever do it, Overeem landed in the UFC after 12 years, 4 months, and 46 fights. Number 6, Michelle Prezeres. Some of you might not know or remember or have even ever heard of the Brazilian Michelle Prezeres. He was at one point 16-0 as a fighter, and he went on an 8-fight win streak in the UFC. He even beat Gilbert Burns. Thank uh-huh. you. You're telling the truth. Uh, yeah, that's what happened. Granted, all those wins before the UFC came in Brazil, but he started his career in 2000 and he smashed through the regional scene. Vai de novo tentar jogar na Olha aí. Foi, bateu, acabou. There isn't really anyone I could point out during this time that you would have heard of, though. I'm sure it was super impressive to continue to be undefeated, but not a single one of those 16 opponents he beat have Wikipedia pages, so it kind of just shows maybe he wasn't fighting top competition. Let's just say that. Still, he was finishing pretty much everyone, and he looked like a top prospect. It took him 12 years and six months to stack up those 16 wins before he finally got his chance in the UFC, and he only bloody went and lost his debut, didn't he? He did well, though, staying in the UFC for another eight years, but his last fight was a loss to Shavkat Rachmanov, another undefeated fighter just getting his career started. Number five, Tyson Nam. Hawaii has produced a lot of top prospects over the years in MMA, and Tyson Nam wasn't any different. It certainly took him a while to get to the UFC, but he had several star-making moments along the way before he ever got there. At 22 years old, he took his first fight in 2006 in Icon, a regional Hawaiian promotion, and he picked up three wins in his first year. Tyson... Like we said, don't blink. don't blink. Anything can happen. After that, he was called into Elite XC in 2007, where he also picked up another win. But Tyson kept suffering losses to other guys on the regional scene that it just seemed like he should probably be beating. But then something pretty interesting happened. After a three-fight win streak, Nam was invited to Shuto, Brazil, to take on the reigning Bellator bantamweight champion Eduardo Dantas. <laughs> 
sequência matadora do Dudu entra com o punho direito. And Nam only went and knocked him out just 90 seconds into the fight. Out of nowhere, he was shot to the number seven in the global bantamweight rankings by Sherdog, and he was booked by the World Series of Fighting to take on the surging Marlon Moraes, a fight he unfortunately lost by first round head kick. Tyson then lost his next fight in the World Series of Fighting and then two more, putting him on a four fight losing streak. And honestly, that could have been it for his career, but he rallied back, won seven of his next eight, including a knockout of former UFC title challenger Ali Bagarutinov in Fight Nights Global. And he got the call to fill in short notice in the UFC, a whole 13 years, six months and 28 fights into his MMA career. Number four, Akihiro Gono. This is a Japanese MMA legend that we actually haven't found too many reasons to talk about. Among their top stars, you wouldn't think perhaps of his name first, but Gono was a core part of the Japanese MMA movement, and this guy was one of the original pioneers. After training in Sambo and Karate, Akihiro tested himself in the Lumax Cup tournaments way back in 1994. And there wasn't a lot of competition, but there wasn't a lot of places for people to fight. He ended up taking on some tough guys. After two years, he was 3-3, three and three, but Shuto had just started in Japan, and Gono was a no-brainer to sign up. Akihiro became a staple of the organization competing right up until 2001. He fought Matt Hughes in Shuto, Ivan Salaveri, even Ninja Hua. Of course, he spent some time in Pancrase, and at that point, Gono managed to build a nine-fight unbeaten streak before getting recruited by Pride in 2004 and getting soccer kicked into oblivion by Shogun. It had already been a near 40-fight career from Gono at that point, but he was honestly far from done. He beat a ton of guys in Pride, including Hector Lombard, Yuki Kondo, and Gegard Musasi. After the end of Pride, there seemed only one place left for him to go, and that was the UFC. He made his debut in November 2007, 13 years, 6 months, and 48 fights after he'd started his career. Number three, Tatsuya Kawajiri. Right, continuing the theme of legendary Japanese fighters you should know, let's move on over to Tatsuya Kawajiri. While BJ Penn was making his debut and getting new fans in America, over in Japan, Kawajiri became one of the best lightweight fighters in the world. He began his pro career in April 2000 in Shuto, and after stumbling in his first fight, he went on a seven-fight unbeaten streak, winning the Shuto Ricky lightweight tournament, and then two years later, he won the Shuto Welterweight World Championship. Japanese MMA was a different scene to the US at that time, but he still managed to beat guys like Eve Edwards, who just won three straight in the UFC. By 2005, Kawajiri was a fully-fledged MMA fighter with a record of 14-2-2, and so he joined Pride, where across the next three years, he beat everyone. Well, apart from Takanori Gomi and Gilbert Melendez, but they were fantastic fights and even found time to defend his Shuto title as well. He was a massive star in Japan and at one point before losing to Gomi, was ranked by many as the number one lightweight fighter on the planet. Like many Japanese fighters after Pride, he went to Dream where he challenged for the belt, then he even rematched Gilbert Melendez in Force, fighting for the belt there as well. Eventually though, by 2014, Japanese MMA as it was, was no more and it was finally time for the legend to join the UFC. It was a long road for Kawajiri and he was no longer the fighter he used to be after a journey of 13 years, 9 months, and 42 pro MMA fights. Number two, Johnny Eduardo. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure how many of you will remember Johnny Eduardo. He was a Brazilian Muay Thai KO artist who also had a bunch of submission wins, and he was in the UFC video game, despite most of you, yeah, probably not knowing who he was. Johnny is a product of the Brazilian Nova and Yao team and the old Black House gym as well, and after losing his first fight, Johnny went on an 11-fight win streak, winning a total of four one-night MMA tournaments. His regional success got him invited to Valley Tudo Japan, where he was submitted by Takanori Gomi. By the way, if you're wondering why Gomi didn't make the list, he was narrowly edged out by Michael Chandler at the 
number 10 spot. After that, though, Johnny went back to the regional scene for another 11 years. He had one fight in Bellator in 2009, but by 2011, Eduardo had 33 fights under his belt, and he was booked to fight Rafael Asuncao at UFC 134. It took Johnny a total of 14 years, 9 months, and those 33 fights to get off the regional scene and to the big show. Okay, I got a couple of honorable mentions for you as well. Valentina Shevchenko took a good 11 years to get to the UFC, but she only had a handful of MMA fights during that time. She was mainly competing in Muay Thai. Tim Kennedy had another long road to get to the Octagon as well, but he was on active duty, so he didn't get to fight as much as some of the others on this list. Shout out to Brian Ebersole. Took him 11 years as well and 62 fights to get to the UFC. And hopefully I haven't missed anyone else. There's a lot of people in that 11-year category, let me tell you. Some of you might immediately think of someone like Dokan Saki. It took him 13 years to get to the UFC. But he had just one fight. He was a full-time kickboxer and we wanted to focus on people in this video who had actual full MMA careers. Number one, Alexei Olenek. Russian grappling sensation, the boa constrictor Alexei Olenek had more fights before getting to the UFC than perhaps anyone. He was born in 1977, started training in traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu and sambo, and at 20 years old had his first ever MMA fight. It was a one-night tournament, and he finished all three opponents. Flash forward eight years and a 9-1 Alexei wins the M1 middleweight Russian Cup and he pretty much exclusively fought in the East until December 2006 when he was called up to Canada to fight Chel Sonnen in Bodog, a fight he lost by decision. Olenek won the KSW Openweight Tournament and several others. He competed in Yama Pit fighting and eventually by 2010 he landed himself in Bellator's Season 3 Heavyweight Tournament. But he was knocked out in the second round and after such an up and down career, it didn't really seem like he'd ever find his way to the UFC. But after losing to Jeff Monson in M1, Alexei went on a nine-fight finishing streak. Eight of them were submissions, and the UFC finally signed him to fight Anthony Hamilton in June 2014. He won by Scarfold, which was also pretty insane. So if we rewind right back to the start, that's 17 years, 7 months, and 61 fights. An absolutely staggering number, and he'd even stay in the UFC for another 8 years. What a total legend. Alright, well you won't believe how long that took. Honestly, I had to look through all these different careers, find out who took the longest to get to the UFC, but I'm glad someone did the research. Shout out to Luke as well, the bad boy of the MMA YouTube channels. He's the really naughty, and he doesn't brush his teeth <laughs> you can check him out at cool to me underscore on twitter if you want to show him some support give him some love follow what he does with his life it's not a lot shout out as well always to you channel champions thank you for your support we appreciate you each and every week there you go if you want to join them you can click the link down below you get unedited podcasts you get writers meeting access the works hope you enjoyed this one a few names on here that you probably have never heard of or haven't heard of in a long time but uh yeah they're in the list for you but yeah leave us a comment down below if you thought there was someone we missed out give us a thumbs up if you did enjoy the video very informative for you today and uh, look forward to mvp's ufc debut i'll see you next time